0: Well, I'd love for you to get your phones out, uh, get to the app. It's uh, in David 1, five. It says that 99% of people who take notes go to heaven. So we want to we wanna take advantage of that. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. I would love for you to, to write these things down. You can find that in your phone today. I'm really excited to share something that God has put on my heart this morning. And I want to start off by asking you all a question. Have you ever asked yourself, why do I feel unfulfilled? Why do I often find myself in this place where I feel unfulfilled, like something is missing? I mean, this is America, the most prosperous country in the world. We have everything at the touch of a finger. It can't be from a lack of boredom or entertainment. You know, all I have to do is pull my phone out. I can go on the Netflix app. We've got YouTube, Hulu. We've got Amazon Prime. At a touch of a button, we can get something instantly. But often you and I find ourselves in this place where we feel unfulfilled, like something is missing. It can't be from a lack of purpose. I mean, we have children's ministry here you can get involved in. We've got youth ministry here you can get plugged into. We have an incredible ministry that happens every Tuesday night. You can go get involved in these children's lives down the street at the Florida Sheriff Youth Ranch. There's So much opportunity for purpose. So it can't be a lack of purpose that I feel unfulfilled. What could it be? I mean, it can't be a lack of opportunity. We can go on Craigslist right now and we can find a job if we wanted to. This is the Christmas season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got Christmas trees. We've got Christmas lights, eggnog parties, all of the things. New Year's Eve is coming. It's going to be a great celebration. And then what happens? The real world begins at the top of the year, and we find ourselves back in this place where we feel like something is off. Why do I often feel unfulfilled? It can't be a lack of love. I mean... We live in this day where you can download an app, you can swipe right, and you can meet somebody right now. But why do you and I find ourselves in this place where we often feel unfulfilled? What is it that's missing? I believe today with all my heart that what you and I are longing for, whether you know it or not, is to have a true and real encounter with God Almighty. It's what we're longing for, to connect with the Father, to come face-to-face with Him, to walk with Him as Adam and Eve walked with Him in the garden. It's what you and I are longing for. It's in that place when we have a real encounter with God, when we come and connect with Him. It's in that place where fear, doubt, worry, it's removed. It's in that place where peace and, and freedom comes alive. It's in that place where love surrounds us, And where our longing is met, what you and I desire more than anything, if you know it or not, is to come face to face with God. And today, I want to talk to you all. How do you and I have daily encounters with the creator of the universe? How do you and I come into his presence, gaze upon his beauty, and see him for who he is? So join with prayer, and we'll dive into this today. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this church. Thank you for getting everyone here safely in the midst of this crazy rain. Thank you for your blessings, God. Lord, we come before you today, and Lord, you are a way better communicator than I am. Your Holy Spirit is the best communicator there is. So I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us today, that you would unlock truths into our heart, that you would reveal who you are to us. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this family. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn to John 4 today. And John 4, I'm going to summarize the first part of it. But this, this first part of the story is, is talking about Jesus. He's on his way to Galilee. And he stops in Galilee in a little town called Samaria. And on his way to Galilee, he starts in Samaria. He meets this woman at the well. You guys have heard this story, it's entitled The Woman at the Well. He meets this woman. He begins to talk to her. Uh, he says, woman, would you please give me a drink? And the woman looks at him, and he says, what are you doing asking me for a drink? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. We think racism is bad today, but back then, it was, it was, they, don't, they don't associate with each other. And Jesus responds. He says, woman, if you knew who was asking you for this drink, you wouldn't just give me a drink, but you would also ask me for living water. She said, sir, I'm in. Give me this living water. What do I got to do to get this? And he responds, he says, first, go get your husband. And she says, sir, I don't have one. And he goes, I know. In fact, you've had five. And the man you're living with now isn't your husband. This woman gets called out in front of Jesus. And she responds, and she says, well, my ancestors tell me to go to this mountain or this place, this temple. She says, I can see you're some kind of prophet. And so she responds with this religious answer. And basically what she's saying is, I don't quite know where I need to go to get what I'm longing for. I can hear it now. She says, well, my ancestors, so my, my aunt's. My uncles, they tell me I should go to this mountain and worship. Some people say I should go to this temple and worship. She goes, I don't really know what I need to do. I know I need to change, but I don't quite know where to go or what to do. And Jesus responds, and he says in this, we read in John, got the clicker here, John 4, verse 21. He says, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. But from here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. We have this woman here and. She feels empty, she feels shameful, she feels guilty for what she's done. She knows that she's been going from guy to, guy to guy to guy to guy to guy trying to find something to fulfill her and she feels shameful and she responds in this religious way which I think you and I often do when we try to fix ourselves. And she goes, I don't, I'm trying to figure out where do I need to go? What do I need to do to change my life? And Jesus tells her, he goes, it's, it's not a place you can go to anymore. There's no path you can take. There's no prayer you can recite. He says, it's a person. It's about an encounter with God Almighty. That is what you and I are longing for. And he says in this, this verse, he says, for God is a spirit and he longs to have worshipers. He says he's longing to have worshipers. And this word worship I want to talk about. This word worship really means to find worth in someone to gaze upon its beauty, to find value, to recognize who he is. And God's invitation for us every day is to gaze upon him. It's for our eyes to finally see what they've been longing to see, for our ears to hear from the one that we've been longing to hear from, and for our heart to finally connect with the long that it's been longing to connect with. But we have to do that in the realm of spirit and in truth. And today I want to talk to you How do you and I encounter God every day in spirit and in truth? We're going to go on this journey together, and I'm going to start off with this point here. It says, the highway to encountering God is a road that's paved by spirit and truth. We're going to start today in the truth portion, and then we're going to go to the second half of this message. It's going to be on the spirit. How do we engage God through his truth, through his word every day? And how do we engage with him every day through the Holy Spirit? You guys ready to join me? All right. So Exodus 16, Israelites, they're in the wilderness. They're on the way to the promised land, and they start grumbling and complaining, and they cry out to Moses saying, give us something to eat. And in that place, God, Moses prays to God, and God drops these angelic wafers Called manna down to the ground, and they have to every day go out and get this manna, and it was their physical food that sustained them. With me? 2,000 years go by, Jesus comes, and in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He references himself to the manna. He says, Every day, as the Israelites had to go get this manna, now I have come. And I am the spiritual bread. He says in Matthew 6, the Lord's prayer says, give us today our daily bread. And this word for bread, catch this, is the same word that Jesus uses for himself saying, I'm the bread of life. This is incredible. Jesus isn't just saying, give us the physical bread. He's also talking about himself. He's saying that just as the Israelites every day had to go get manna, you and I have to every day come to him to receive our spiritual food. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got to learn to eat. we got to learn to eat. See, you and I often know when we are physically hungry, I remember Thanksgiving Day, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon, we hadn't been able to eat yet. And my mom likes us to wait till we have dinner, you know. So we're all just like starving. We're like, please, can we eat? And we finally get to that point where the meal comes and, you know, we eat. But we know when we're physically hungry. But my question is, do you know when you are spiritually hungry? I think you do. But I think it's often too late when you recognize that you're spiritually hungry. Because when we realize we're spiritually hungry... We have tiptoed into places that we know we weren't designed to tiptoe into. We're struggling with temptation. Uh, we're reacting with people in ways that we know we're not supposed to react to them this way. And we look back and we look on ourselves and we say, how in the world did I get to this place? And we realize that we have not spent time in God's word. We are starving and that we're looking to all these different things to satisfy us. And so today, the first point I want to share Is if we don't eat every day, we will always look to fill ourselves up in other ways. You and I are designed to need something to fill ourselves up with. We're going to turn to something to fill ourselves up. But Jesus comes and he says, I am the only thing that will actually sustain you, that can actually fill you up. That every day we got to learn to come to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got to learn to eat. (laughs) <clears throat> about seven years ago, I had been saving up, and <clears throat> I was really excited to purchase a paddleboard. Do you guys know what a paddleboard is? It's like a stand-up kayak. <clears throat> I was so excited to get this paddleboard, and a friend of mine got one at the same time. And we started doing these little mile trips here and there, and you know, we, we, we thought after about two weeks of doing these little trips that we were ready to embark on a a 22-and-a-half-mile paddle from Jupiter, Florida to West Palm Beach. I lived in West Palm at the time, and we were like, we got this. Surely we can make this happen. So we take off. The day finally came. Uh, He left his car in West Palm. I drove mine up to Jupiter. We came out of the Jupiter Inlet. We are going to go down the, the intercoastal, the ICW, and take it all the way down to West Palm Beach. And the wind was from the north, so we had it in our backs and we were so excited, we had our camel backs on, we had these like three gallons of water, we were like so official, taken off here. <laughs> we get about four miles on this trip and I turned to my buddy and I said, so what'd you bring uh, for food today? What do you got to eat? Um, because clearly I communicated, you were bringing the food and I was gonna drive us up there. And he responded to me, he said, um, you told me you were bringing food. And I said, no, I clearly told you. You were bringing the food. I was driving us up there. And so we are four miles into this trip realizing we have no food. We've got 18 miles to go. I turned to him. I said, well, did you at least bring your wallet? And he said, no. And I said, I don't have any money either. I left it in the car. So here we are on this trip, and we're like, we have no option. We are not turning back. We've got to complete this. We've got this, like, you know, male ego going on where everyone knows we're doing this trip, all our friends. So we can't back down now, you know? So we're on our way and we get going and we finally arrive to this place called Sailfish Marina. It's at the Palm Beach Inlet. We're 15 miles now into this trip and we are starving. We show up to this place called the Sailfish Marina and it's right across from Petan Island. It's a beautiful place. But it's a very nice, like, ritzy restaurant there. (laughs) And we stroll into this place, looking like two members off of the castaway set. (laughs) Like, we're just starving. And we come up to this waiter, and we say, sir, here's the situation. (laughs) I thought he was bringing the food. He thought I was bringing the food. We've been paddling for 15 miles. We're starving. Is there anything that you can give us? He doesn't say a word he turns out he goes into the kitchen and we're just like expecting like a gourmet meal to come out and just a feast (laughs) he comes out with six bags of oyster crackers and he hands this to us and he doesn't say a word (laughs) we just take it and we just walk out we eat these oyster crackers they have never tasted so good I don't know what they had them they were amazing And we continued, and the last seven miles of this trip, I can tell you, every boat we passed, I mean, people were waving to us, the houses we passed, the conversations that he and my friend had, it was the most incredible time together. The first 15 miles, on the other hand, I have zero memories of, I have no recollection And I think that's so ironic, but I think it's so relatable to our situation that when you and I are starving, spiritually starving, we can't recognize how beautiful our situation is. All we're trying to do is just get through. We're just trying to get through to our destination. And I'll never forget that day because that intercoastal waterway is some of the most beautiful intercoastal waterways, and I completely missed the beauty to the day because I was physically hungry. I want to encourage you guys, this second point says, if we don't eat every day, we will never be able to see clearly. If we don't eat spiritual food, if we don't get into God's word every day, we will never be able to see how beautiful our situation is. Where God has you today is the best place that you want to be. There's something he wants to teach you in this season. There's somebody that he wants you to love. But when we are spiritually starved, when we are spiritually malnourished, we can't affect the people around us. We can't love the people around us. We can't be the light of the world. We're always looking to get something, and we miss out on the beauty of situations. I tell your neighbor, we've got to learn to eat. <laughs> got to get that bread. My, uh, my niece, now I'm, I'm officially an uncle. I'm very excited. Uncle Life, I think she might be over there. Um, It's pretty exciting for me. There is an unspoken uh, competition. Actually, all of the uncles are in the room right now. We've never talked about this, but we all know there's an unspoken competition of who's going to be the best uncle. We're all fighting for it. And so um, she's an awesome addition to the family, and it's been a lot of fun. I love getting to hold her, I love getting to spend time with her, and I love as soon as she cries that I get to hand her back to her parents, (laughs) and I don't have to deal with her. And what I've learned during this process is that if this girl, Callie, if all she drinks is this milk, this bottle that we give her, if she just drinks that her entire life, she will never develop Properly, correct? One day she has to go from us giving her a bottle to eventually we're going to spoon feed her some of that nasty baby food. (laughs) From that, we're going to hopefully teach her to pick up the spoon and she's going to eat for herself. And from that stage, she's going to go from feeding herself to maybe she learns to make some of her own food for herself one day. Right? And then she gets to that place where she's able to get a job. And now she can buy her own food and she can provide for herself. But my point is, is if she's continually bottle-fed her entire life, if she's continually spoon-fed, she will never develop properly into who God has created her to become. What I want to say is, we don't eat every day. We will never grow into who God is calling us to become. My point to that story I think today is great. I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I love us coming together. It's, it's so important. And I pray today that I can give you truth. This is me spoon-feeding you guys today. This is really what this is. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with podcasts. There's nothing wrong with sermons. But if you're constantly looking for other things to speak truth into your life, you will never develop into who God is calling you to be. One day... You have to learn to pick up the spoon, and you have to learn to eat. You have to learn to get into God's word on your own and start to feast upon who God is and what he has to say. I said that opening line this morning, that you will never know who God is unless you know what his word says. It's so incredibly important that you and I begin to open up his word and feast upon who he is. This quote here says, the same value you place on eating physical food has to be placed on eating spiritual food. Amen? Amen. We realize our bodies will die without food. Why is it so hard to realize our souls will die without spiritual food? We've got to learn to eat. You are longing for something today. Your soul is longing for something, and the bread of life came down and he wants to give it to you every single day. We have got to learn to eat. So I just talked to you guys. This was the first half it was on truth. Now we're going to dive into the spirit. And I believe today there are three pieces that are absolutely critical for you to engage with the human spirit, to engage with the Holy Spirit of God every day. You guys with me? All right. Number one. We've got to remove. We've got to remove. Turn to your neighbor, say remove. I really had you do that so I could just take a drink of water there. (laughs) Um, There's this story. You guys have heard of Moses and how he encounters this burning bush. The first thing that God tells him, he says, remove your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. God asked him to remove something. When Moses entered into God's presence, he needed to remove what was hindering him from being completely connected to God. What is it in your life that you need to remove? God wants to bring you into his presence. There's a story of the Israelites, Joshua 5, where Joshua um, is leading the Israelites into the promised land, and and they're almost there. And God tells Joshua, he says, I need you to instruct the Israelites that the men need to be circumcised. He said they need to remove their flesh. And flesh today, as we know, represents our earthly desires, our carnal desires, maybe the vices in your life. What do you need to remove? These Israelites had to remove flesh so they could enter into where God was calling them to go into. Often you and I have to leave something behind to enter into where God's calling us to go to. I heard this quote from a friend. He's a one of them, great mentor to me, a worship leader. And he told me, he said, Ethan, fire always falls on sacrifice. All the Old Testament, whenever someone offered a sacrifice, God consumed it. And that's my prayer for your life, that when you take the things that you're holding on to and you lay them on the altar, that God will meet you in that place like you have no idea. It's an incredible encounter with God Almighty when we learn to offer up to him the things that we hold on to. My prayer today, what do you need to remove? Second, we have to learn to be honest. One of my best friends, this is recent, about two months ago, I got done with this tour that I was doing, and fortunately, two days later, he calls me, and he says, uh, I've got to go up to the northeast. My my father passed away. And it was a tough situation. His, his dad left him uh, before he was even born. And for the past five years, he's been trying to rekindle this relationship with him. And it was a really rocky situation. And finally, he, he had somewhat rekindled that relationship. And then his dad had passed. He had no siblings, no parents, uh, n- no spouses to handle the passing of his dad. So it was just him. So I went up there with him, and I get up there, and we, we go through the process of the funeral, and we go through the process of the preparations of everything and dealing with the will and all the stuff. If you've ever handled a death, you know how difficult it can be. And it was a really hard day for he and I. We get done with the day, and we get to his father's home, who is it's now his home. He had inherited it, and we see all these photos and these memories And he's looking at a person that he doesn't really even know, you know. And it was a really hard moment. And in that place, I will never forget this night. It changed my life forever. My friend became honest with God. He poured his heart out to God with what he was dealing with, what he was going through. And his honesty, honestly, led me to become honest with God. In that place, I went up there because, to be honest, in in my life, I was dealing with things that I didn't want to deal with. And so, as you and I often do, we like to help other people with their problems so we don't have to focus on our problems. Maybe I'm the only one, okay? (laughs) I'm being honest here, okay? And in that place of his honesty, it led me to be honest before God. And God met me that night in a way that I hadn't encountered God in a while. And it was such an incredible night as God began to speak truth into my situation, what I was dealing with. God was speaking truth to his situation of what God wanted to do at this funeral, that what God wanted to do with this house that he had given. He, He flipped the whole situation around. When you encounter God, when you become honest with him, God meets you in that place. Some scripture verses, it says, Exodus 33, 11 said, God would speak to Moses like one would speak to a friend. Why do we speak to God like he's a judge? First Peter 5, 7, it says, to cast all of your cares on the Lord. Matthew 26, 39, Jesus is talking to God in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, and he says, Lord, take this from me. Like, I really don't want to do this, but your will be done. We see Jesus becoming so honest with the Father in that place. What are you dealing with? What are you feeling? I want to share the scripture verse on the screen. This is one of my favorites. It says, For the source of your pleasure is not in my performance or the sacrifices I might offer to you. The fountain of your pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before you. I love that quote and that verse because we see that what God really wants for you and I to do is to be honest with him. I think of the relationship with my dad. If I come to my dad and I'm never completely honest with what I'm dealing with, how in the world could he ever speak into my situation and instruct me on what to do? So what you and I often do is we come before God and we don't share what we're actually dealing with as if God doesn't really know what you're dealing with and we withhold these things from him. But there's the beauty, and when we lay it all out before him, what he does in that situation God will encounter you if you learn to be honest with him. Thirdly, we need to learn to let him lead. This quote, it says, When our human spirits connect with the Holy Spirit, we receive counsel from the counselor and comfort from the comforter. I was on a trip in May, and I went to Nashville. I was... I'm to, I do music stuff, and I—I I was there. A friend of mine who does music as well—he's further down the road than I am. He's becoming a really big artist. He had invited me to come and spend some time with him, and I'll never forget that that week he invited me to come. He said, "I'm going to introduce you to this management group and to this Spotify curators and playlisting and all these things to just keep growing." And I had all these plans to make all these connections and. I had the itinerary. I go up there, and nothing worked out. I mean, the first meeting got rescheduled. The second meeting got rescheduled. And I literally flew out. A couple of days go by, I fly out, and I go to this Bethel music conference, and I show up at this conference called Heaven Come. And if you ever have an opportunity, I would really encourage you to go to that. This is a, a plug right now. Um, unveiling. Harborside is doing our first ever conference This coming year, in January 2019, we're going to release that on Christmas Eve and share more information to you guys. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. All right. We'll get back to the story. Sorry, I carried away here. Um, So I'm at this worship conference. I go from there, and it's very often that I get to be in a worship environment, being a worship leader. And it was such an incredible time for me to worship. I encountered God this first night. And God spoke to me that night in that place of worship. He said, Ethan, you've been trying to make connections all week long with all of these people. But you've been missing the connection with me. God is the creator. He's like, I created all these people you're trying to connect with. And you're missing out on this opportunity to connect with me. In that place of worship, I had a counseling session with the counselor. I think it's great that we have friends and we have people that we can go to and we can talk to. We can share about what we're going through. But I want to say there is no substitute for a counseling session with the counselor. It isn't an attribute of God. It's who he is. His name is Wonderful Counselor. God is the ultimate counselor. And we like to bring our struggles, our problems to all the people around us and we miss out on a counseling session with the counselor. If you noticed in the moments of worship, your mind can start kind of wandering off. I think that's okay. I think you should write those thoughts down. It's when we get connected to heaven that our heaven starts to speak to us about who we are and what we're created to do and the people we're supposed to reach in our life. When we come into God's presence, He'll often call us to do things that we're uncomfortable to do. We'll say, Lord, how could I ever do that? When we enter in his presence, he speaks dreams and visions to our life. But I wanna say today, how could you ever experience the comforter if you never are getting uncomfortable? You and I have to listen to his voice as we come into his presence. There's so many things in this world that can comfort us, but there is no substitute for the Holy Spirit, whose name is the Comforter. As we learn to come into his presence, as we learn to that first thing, we learn to remove what we're struggling with, or we learn to remove the things that separate us, and we give it to him, and we become honest with him. We come into his presence. We receive counsel from the counselor, comfort from the comforter. I'm going to read this quote today. Today. It says, With all word and no spirit, we dry up. With all spirit and no word, we blow up. With both word and spirit, we grow up. I read this this quote that i 've heard before: I believe the Word of God represents the bread it 's the bread of life. Jesus says in john john i 'm John one that I 'm the word, the word in flesh. We have to learn every day to eat the Word. The Spirit of God is represented as the living water. We have to learn to drink of Him every day. But if all we have is bread, is our only diet, it says we'll dry up. If the living water is our only diet, the Spirit of God is, is just our diet, it says we'll blow up. But it's both. When we learn to engage with His Word and His Spirit, Every day we need that. It's critical for us to complete and become who God is calling us to become. I think you and I are longing every day for something. You can turn to so many different things in this world, but there is no substitute to the presence of God. Nothing will satisfy and become soul food like the word of God. We need that. You and I need that. We need that every day in our life. And so we're gonna enter into this time where we wanna have a real encounter with God through worship. And I wanna invite you to stand to your feet this morning. As we come before God Almighty, we enter into his presence. Um, This is our opportunity to engage with him. You've never once regretted giving yourself fully to God in worship. You'll never regret it. I wanna pray for us this morning. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this bread of life that you've given to us. Lord, I believe the greatest physical gift we have is your word. The greatest spiritual gift we have is your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need both. We wanna run after both. And today, Lord, I know there's nothing like you speaking into people's lives. And so I pray right now during this time of worship, that we would encounter you, that your Holy Spirit would speak truth into who we are. And Lord, that we would gaze upon your beauty, that we would recognize your worth, and we would do that today in the realm of spirit and truth. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.